It's not just another boring podcast from some loser broadcasting from his mom's basement. It's from his dingy garage instead. Whatever, man. We cover everything. Pop culture, food, let me guess, tacos again? That's that's what this show's about. Politics, sports, entertainment, and whatever the hell else is on his mind. I have an addictive personality. Live from the Big Brother Bungalow in Southern California. Scared to tell us the city, Jake? Yeah. <laughs> it's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Yo, what's good, y'all? It's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. I am your host, Big Brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner. My government name. <laughs> I know, people are like, why does, why does he do that? <laughs> Welcome to the show. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud.com slash the Big Brother Jake Podcast. You can go to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, or Spreaker.com slash the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Type in the keywords, the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Bam, you'll find me. Good to be back again. Wow, what a week. I've been all over the place, and I'm loving it, loving life, loving what I do each and every day. Trust me. Uh, shout out to the homie P-Dub, a.k.a. Power Wilson, for joining us last week. And no sooner than we record the podcast, Russell Westbrook gets traded to Houston. <laughs> so, yeah, happens literally about seven hours after I posted the podcast. So, yeah, sometimes you just miss out when it's not live radio. So it just happens to be that way. So, P, thanks for coming on the show. I know you're listening, and uh, we're going to have him back on. Um, the thing is, and he doesn't know this yet, but damn it, P, people always hit me up. P got to know some stories on you. He got to know some stories even back when you was a kid. Don't tell him anything, P. Don't tell him a damn thing, bro. I'll make sure your town car's there next time. But, uh, yeah, it's good to have him on again and, you know, love having my boy on. But we got some things to address this week. Man, things to address. First things first. Um, I love speaking to people that always have a quote-unquote conspiracy theory. These are the people that think each and every time something goes down, there's a meaning behind it, or there's a message behind it, or somebody is behind it, okay? And first and foremost, I'm open-minded, and I like to listen to both stories, and I like to reason and figure out what the other person's thinking and try to reason with them, you know? Um, I like to give benefit of the doubt. I like to do all those things. With that being said, this week, if you go on Facebook, if you go on Instagram, if you go on Twitter, if you go on Snapchat, everybody turn into the world's, all, all the social media turn into the world's biggest convalescent home. Everybody wants to see what they look like when they turn old. I, I even did it with my kids, and I thought it was cool. I had friends do it. You know, everybody on social media for the most part. But there's always those conspiracy theorists. There's always those what I call buzz killingtons. Buzz kills. That just got to suck the life out of the party, man. Like, for example, you know, I, I partook in the face app thing. And I wanted to see what I somewhat would look like when I'm older. And... I have my humor 
and my generosity to fall back on because I do not look that decent. <laughs> I'm sorry. I look like I had a rough life. I look like my insides spilled out to my outsides. Um, not a fan of how I look older, but nonetheless, I thought it was cool. But yes, you have these Buzz Killingtons and these conspiracy theorists that always got to say something. You know, then you got, you know, let's start with the Buzz Killingtons. These people, <laughs> they're the ones that say, oh, how come you can't be original? I'm not going to do that because I don't feel like a follow. I don't want to be a follower. I don't want to do this. I don't, look, man. And then they want to. And anyone that does it is stupid. Like, who cares what you look like when you're old? But these are the same idiots that are putting dog filters on themselves on Snapchat. So, what the hell, man? Like, seriously, here's the thing. Here's the thing, okay? It's pretty damn cool to see what you might look like when you're older. It can be totally wrong. But I think it's fun. It's fun. It's not something that's meant to be taken serious. At all. But no, you got those party poopers that... Oh, well, that's just stupid. Who would do that? I'm not going to be like everyone else. Yet you're every, like everyone else with a Facebook account, like everyone else with an Instagram account, like everyone else with a Twitter account, like everyone else with a Snapchat, Snapchat account. Yeah, and I'd try to be smooth with that. Everyone else, but yeah, I failed. So whatever. And I'm not going to edit that because I'm too lazy right now. They don't want to be like everyone else. Yet they wear the same Nikes everybody else wears, the same jeans everybody else wears, drive the same cars that everybody else drives, but they don't want to be like everyone else because they're way too cool for FaceApp. They're way too cool to be like everyone else. Yeah. Okay. Well, don't hate on the people that want to have a good time with it because it's fun. It's supposed to be a good time. And I understand why people get so damn worked up over it. Like, calm your ass. If I want to look like a senior citizen, let me. Don't condemn me. Don't diss me. So you got the Buzz Killington side of that. The people that are just snobby and think they're better than everybody because they didn't do FaceApp. Then you get the conspiracy theorists. And it steers the pot, including some of the news teases I was watching for our local broadcast here in Los Angeles. And KABC, KNBC, KCBS, KCAL 9, Fox 11 News. That's just LA. I know. I'm very local with this podcast right now. But it's like FaceApp is making the news. But it's not for people that want to have fun with it, like me or you or the person next to you is listening to the podcast. No. It's a Russian-made app. So obviously, if you take your picture with it, Somebody's getting your information because you downloaded the app. <laughs> okay, conspiracy theorist, man or woman. Think about this really hard. You go on Facebook, you go on Twitter, you go on Instagram and say, I'm not touching that stuff because they're getting your information and they're Russian. Okay. I want you to do me a favor. Whether it's from Russia, China, United States, any of that good, any of those countries, any of those great places. Go to all the apps you download, like your calculator apps or your, you know, pizza apps or whatever app you choose to have, you know, photo filter app, whatever it is. See where it's made. 
Okay? And I guarantee you, guarantee you, every single app you download on your phone takes your information. Guarantee it. Seriously. The Russians are going to get all my information. I don't want to do that because the Russians might get my info. That's okay. Because anytime you log on to Facebook, anytime you log on to Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and take your cute little selfies without your face app filters, you will see that they take your information anyway. This may be true. It's a rumor. I have also heard anytime you take a picture with your iPhone, Apple stores it in the database for two years. That's been a rumor for years. I can't confirm that, but it might be true. If it is, correct me. If it isn't, correct me. And I'll make a Mia Copa on the next podcast if I remember. I'll forget. But what I'm saying is this. You got those people, the conspiracy theorists. It's a Russian app, so I'm not taking pictures. Yet you're on every social media account you have taking pictures and uploading stuff, which those apps clearly got all your information as well. Yeah. You feel unsafe using FaceApp. However, you'll go to iTunes and you'll use your credit card and not think anything of it. When it's just any of these apps can get your information if you get the right hacker. So it's like, damn, you want to have fun, but the Buzz Killingtons of the world want to make sure that your ass doesn't have fun. Oh, I didn't use that. It's so stupid. Everyone's doing it. Yeah, keep wearing the same shoes, clothes, driving the same cars everybody else does, but you are different. You are an original. You don't copy anyone else at all whatsoever. Yeah, I got it. You're better than everybody else. Then, the conspiracy theorists. <laughs> uh, Russia's going to get all my information. No, they're not. And if they do... Let me see that happen. Let's make... I, I just, it, why can't people just have fun? Why can't people just have fun? You know, yes, we are all a bunch of sheep. You know, uh, everyone I know, like 80% of people I know did the face app thing. And yes, some of y'all look like the same. Sorry. <laughs> that was mean. I don't care. <laughs> Some of y'all look like the face app thing didn't even work. It's like, yeah, you still look old. <laughs> you look worse. Some of y'all didn't change. And yes, the one with Morgan Freeman is funny, even though I saw it 432 times. That was funny as hell. But staying along the lines of conspiracy theorists. Then you get, because we're sheep, people talking about raiding Area 51. Conspiracy theorists are saying, yeah, they're getting steam about Area 51 and people reading it because you have other things going on in the news with the government and it's a distraction to all of us. Okay, that might be possible because you know, I've seen Wag the Dog. It's a movie, but I'm sure there's some truth to that. So I want to meet anybody that plans on. If you are one of those fools, I mean people, that are going to raid Area 51, please come on my podcast and we'll talk next week. I love to hear about this because I'm going to tell y'all something, okay? I'm going to tell y'all correctly and directly. I was in the military. 
I know people that have uh, been stationed and done work around Area 51. If you think they can't kill all of us, oh, but they'll damn sure take a chunk out of that population trying to raid the damn um, <laughs> gates. <laughs> Who in their right mind? There's so much artillery and defense and soldiers and trained freaking killers all around that base. Okay? Go ahead. Go ahead. Here's the thing. If your dumbass is dumb enough to go out there and, and, and uh, try and raid Area 51 and you die, I don't want to see your mom on TV talking about, he was a good kid, he was smart. You weren't smart. Because your dumbass went and tried to raid Area 51 when there's mad surveillance and mad military around there. Like, it's so funny. Yes, this is where I kind of agree with the Buzz Killingtons, and I kind of agree with the conspiracy theorists on Area 51. I know we kind of just switched tracks there, but it's something I want to address. Area 51. Oh, we're going to find aliens. And yeah, the memes are funny. People talking about, you know, in nine months, you know, people having alien babies and aliens just like, realizing that the world is messed up and they want to go home and they want to leave. It's funny. It's cute. And I don't know why I pick up so much steam, even though the uh, conspiracy theorists, the government's hiding something. Let's create madness with something stupid. It's possible. I've seen Wag the Dog. I believe there's some truth to that movie. But I also believe if you're dumb enough to go over there, don't be mad you get shot at and possibly die because they got sharpshooters ready to kill on spot. If you try to invade a base. And that's not just Area 51. Go to any military base and try to raid it. I don't care if you have 200,000 people willing to storm it. First of all, you're not going to get that many people. You know, they're talking about, oh, 100,000 people will do it. Guess what? There's so much military and so many, um, like, protection agencies that will be on that ass if you try to storm anything. So good luck with that. Ain't going to happen. But, hey. You know, I'm doing it because everybody else is, like face app. I don't know. Yes, sometimes we're sheep, and I don't think it's a problem when you want to make yourself look old, but don't be a sheep. <laughs> don't be a sheep when it comes to risking your life trying to invade a military base because I tell you what, it's going to end one of two ways, dead or in prison. You ain't going to get through, so good luck. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Hey, yeah, okay. I know you're bobbing your head, because I can see you. <laughs> oh, this is the jam right here. I don't care where you are in the world, what club you're in, doesn't matter. When this song comes on, you get your ass out on the dance floor and you dance your ass off. Or, you know, you do the little head bob or the, you know, the, the two-step or, you know, the cholo lean. Like, all of those dances are acceptable when California Love comes on. Now, why am I playing California Love? Well, why not? It's dope as hell. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. It should be California's official anthem. I don't give a damn if you like metal. I don't give a damn if you like whatever. That song right there is one of my favorites of all time. Now, I have a question. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to say, yeah, me, because, well, A, nobody can see if you're going to tell on yourself, and B, you don't want to get yourself in trouble. But 
Has anybody here ever been fired or suspended because of their obsession of something or someone? Anybody? Well, I'm going to read about somebody that you have no idea who who he is unless you live in the state of Iowa. This man's name is Jerry Foxhoven. Who? Who the hell is Jerry Foxhoven? You look at Jerry Foxhoven. You know, he's a clean-cut Caucasian male, you know, gray hair, nice suit, very astute gentleman. You look at him at appearance, by appearance, and he looks like he listens to probably Frank Sinatra, maybe Fleetwood Mac. I mean, you know, he's an older gentleman. Looks really like the whitest of white males I've ever seen in my life. Well, Mr. Jerry Foxhoven may get an invite to the barbecue. Let me explain. For those that don't know what invite to the barbecue is, that means black folks will like you. All right. <laughs> so Jerry Foxhoven, he's the director of Iowa Social Services Agency, and he was a huge fan of the late Tupac Shakur. And he frequently let his subordinates know it. According to this article on Fox 11 uh, here in Los Angeles, Emails obtained by the Associated Press show that the Iowa Department of Human Services Director, Jerry Foxhoven, routinely sent messages to employees lauding Tupac Shakur's music and lyrics even after at least one complaint to lawmakers. <laughs> then last month, he sent another such email to all 4,300 agency employees. He was abruptly ousted from his job the next workday. Foxhoven is 66 years old, and he told employees that he had been a huge fan of the hip-hop artist for years. He used to host Tupac Fridays. <laughs> now, what are Tupac Fridays, you ask? <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> this is so cool. Oh, He hosted weekly Tupac Fridays to play his music in the office. He traded lyrics with employees, and he marked his own 65th birthday with Shakur-themed cookies, including ones decorated with the words, Thug Life. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to post a picture of this guy, and you're going to be like, what the hell? This is how much, okay, let me just finish this, all right? The agency released 350 pages of emails with the words, Tupac, either spelled with T-U or the number Tupac, Two, sent to and from Foxhoven during his two-year tenure in response to an AP request. They show that Foxhoven marked the anniversary of Shakur's death, shared one of his lyrics about love on Valentine's Day, and used the rapper's image to try to improve the agency's culture. He told colleagues he was inspired by lyrics that included, It's time for us as a people to start making some changes. While some employees praise Foxhoven for using Shakur to inject levity and inspiration into a stressful workplace, at least one complaint to lawmakers about it last year, according to the emails provided under the open records law. Man, you can't pass up a good Tupac lyric. I mean, but if it was one of his misogynistic ones, I get it. So when government Kim Reynolds told Foxhoven to resign on June 17th, It was his first workday after he sent an agency-wide email telling employees to mark Shakur's birthday over the weekend by listening to one of his songs. (laughs) Man, I mean, the man got a huge, like, catalog of dope music, but to live and die in L.A., Brenda got a baby, I get around, like, why not, man? That would be fun to, to, anyway. 
I guess it's the environment. The timing of Foxhoven's mass email, which featured a large image of the rapper smiling, and his resignation <laughs> has fueled speculation among employees that the two events are linked. <laughs> but like the question who, who fatally shot Shakur in Las Vegas in 96, the reason for Foxhoven's forced departure remains a mystery. Yeah, right. A spokesman for the governor wouldn't confirm or deny that Foxhoven's email figured into a surprise request for his resignation. As the governor has said, a lot of factors contributed to the resignation of Jerry Foxhoven, and now Government Reynolds is looking forward to taking DHS into a new direction. <laughs> uh, come on, man, look. <laughs> I, I, I can't get over it. I'm going to post this picture of this man. This guy does not look like a Tupac fan. Like, I think it's pretty dope that he liked Tupac. And look, it's okay to celebrate the man. It's okay to listen to him. I love him. I have every single album of his in my iPhone. And, <laughs> but I can't imagine a whole bunch of like 65-year-old Caucasian men, well, really just one, <laughs> singing Hit Him Up. Before a huge meeting in the in the conference room. <laughs> but he did have people that had his back. One employee said, I love your Tupac messages and the fact that you still send them, despite the haters, makes me appreciate them even more. I agree totally. I'm going to hang in there <laughs> on him, despite all the naysayers, um, Fox Holden responded. Now, I love Ice Cube, I love Pac, I love all that. I love tacos, I love whatever. I have, what's my main obsession? Do I have an obsession? Yeah, probably tacos. And I love Pac, but here's the thing. When you work in a corporate setting, what you need to do is wear your headphones, listen to your artists, don't get in trouble. And as much as this man loved Tupac, I get it. But there's a time and a place to listen to Tupac. You can listen to California Love at a party. You can go to any sporting event in Los Angeles and hear it. However, I don't think the corporate world is a setting where you want to spread Tupac's love and, and celebrate the man. Just... <laughs> I don't have a problem with it, but I'm a hip-hop fan, and most of the jobs I've ever held were non-conventional. But I salute you, Mr. Foxhoven, because <laughs> he went out like a soldier. <laughs> this Caucasian male, gray hair, glasses, just looks like somebody that probably wouldn't listen to hip-hop. Like, I could see this guy, like, throwing up West Side, talking about, you know, keep your head up. <laughs> He was spreading, like, like, you know, I do a fake philosopher thing. This dude would literally, with every email he'd send out every day, send out a Tupac lyric as inspiration to 4,300 employees. <laughs> Look, brother, there's a time and place for everything. And I salute you, Mr. Foxhoven. Like, I think it's dope, but you had to know you were going to get fired. This is almost like, uh, like he did it on purpose almost to get let go. It's almost like that movie Bullworth. The one with uh, Warren Beatty where, you know, he changes his whole campaign plan and 
it, it just something doesn't seem right with the story. Like, I get it. You could be obsessed with an artist. But let's let's kind of play devil's advocate. Would he get fired if it was Frank Sinatra or Waylon Jennings or, let's be honest now, Hank Williams Jr.? You know, contra- other contra- Kid Rock? I don't think so. That's just me. That's just me. Maybe I'm wrong. But <laughs> there is a time and place for everything. And I thought the story was hilarious. Um, <laughs> it's just Tupac-inspired. No. Here's the thing. You got an obsession. Keep it to yourself because you may not be able to provide for your family if it gets out. Hello, everybody. You listening to my daddy, Big Brother Jake. This is the Big Brother Jake broadcast. Bye, everybody. Hey, what's up, ladies? It's your boy, Quentin. Assistant to Big Bother Jake. Yes, Big Bother Jake. He says I'm spending more time trying to win over the females than I am the entire listening audience. With my beautiful and best ever radio segment in the world that he's not good at like I am. I'm the best and he's terrible. Anyways, I'm never going to stop talking to the beautiful ladies because look at that hair, that sexy, beautiful, smooth hair. Girls, y'all know y'all love me, so I'm never going to stop talking to y'all, trying to win you over. Maybe, just maybe, if you're to my standard, I will take you to Sizzle. Yes, I will. You'll be able to ride my tandem bike. We'll get a couple Chevy Temples. We'll do our thing. So, ladies, call me. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. All right, this is a real quick segment, real short segment. I got to say something that I saw today. Uh, It's been out in the news for a minute, but it's not getting a lot of pub, and I got to give a shout-out to Huggies Diaper. Now, Huggies, this this isn't a plug, and I do use Huggies wipes. I'm not going to lie. I've used them in the past. But they did something that's never been done in the history of diaper advertisements. Advertisements, as some say. Huggies actually featured dads on the box for the first time. It's always the mothers that are taking care of the babies, and yes, most most of the time it's the females. It is, but there are a few of us that actually do change diapers. They actually do girlies' hairs. You know, they they do their baby girls' hair um, and their baby boys' hair. Um, we do a lot of the things that are. I guess, classically considered women's roles. But this is amazing. Like, first we finally get diaper changing tables in all the restrooms. I believe that's in California only, maybe the United States. Um, that's a huge win because it's almost there's almost never a changing table when you need to change your baby. So I know I, with my bad knees and all, crouched down like Russell Martin of the Dodgers as a catcher and – um, laid out uh, like a diaper changing cloth and changed my baby on my knees, crouched down because there's no place to change them. No place to change them. So now we have diaper changing tables being installed in men's restrooms. And now Huggies, shout out to Huggies for celebrating dads, putting dads on the boxes of their uh, diapers. I mean, this is huge. And I think it's one of the greatest things to see because yes, 
a lot of us men, we get bad reps. Um, we don't help out around the house. We don't do this. We don't do that. But we are parents, and a lot of us do change diapers. So got to give a special shout-out to Huggies. Huggies, I appreciate y'all for what you're doing. And mad props to you, and I hope everybody out there buy Huggies, especially the men, because we're putting it down for our babies and for our families, and we're getting the love we deserve from Huggies. So shout-out to you, Huggies. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. It's been a minute, y'all. So I'm going to do something I haven't done in a very long time, especially for the uh, OG listeners that, that are familiar with what I do each and every show. It is story time with your uncle, Big Brother Jake. Hear the music. Okay. <laughs> I heard that music in a minute, right? Yeah? Okay. The year was 1993. And your boy, Big Brother Jake, was a junior at Pacific High School. Now, if you got good grades, you were allowed to go to tapings of certain shows. Uh, As some of y'all know, one of the tapings I attended was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and proceeded to get dissed by Will Smith in front of a girl I was talking to and the rest of my Schoolmates and the live studio audience. Well, for some reason, the school thought it would be okay to send a bunch of teenagers to a taping of the show Love Connection. Now, for you youngsters that don't know, there is a host by the name of Chuck Woolery. And uh, he was the host of Love Connection. Uh, Be back at 2 and 2. You know, that whole... Whatever corny spiel he used to do. Now, for whatever reason, I don't know why they sent us to the taping, but we made it to the part where we were in the audience. I got to press the buttons to select the dates that uh, the contestants should go on. Now, I've been known to do some very, very crazy things in my time. I'm not usually one that'll do it for a bed or anything like that. But! There was a question and answer segment uh, that Chuck would hold in between, like, filming segments. And he would talk about anything that had to do with the show. Now, (laughs) I won't name the friend that I had sitting next to me at the time. But the friend that used to always have money on him, I never asked how, I never asked why. He said, Jake, you crazy, right? I said, man, it depends on when I need to use my craziness. He said, he said, okay, well, I want to give you a proposition. I want to see how crazy you are and what your price is to be crazy. And I said, okay, well, I'm down to be crazy. But um, he said, well, you got to name your price. And once you accept the price, you have to do whatever I tell you. I said, whatever you tell me, he said, whatever I tell you. I really needed the 50 bucks. And look, in 1993, $50 was a lot of damn money. It's like almost like 100 now. It's almost double. You know, I'm 17. And I'm like, yo, I can use this bread right now. I can use this money. Reluctantly, I said, okay, what the hell? I'm down. I'm down. Give me the money, and then I'll do whatever you ask me to do. 
So he says, you have to ask Chuck Woolery a question. I said, oh, that's easy. He said, no, 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 no. You think it's you think I'm gonna give you fifty dollars just for asking a question? You like hosting the show, Mister Wuggery? Nah, bruh. You got to do something that either makes the audience gasp, or makes the audience boo you, or makes Chuck Wuggery so mad he kicks you out. And if you get kicked out, you get an extra fifty bucks. <laughs> oh, okay, youngster. You don't know me too well, man. I'll do. <laughs> Half of that for a Klondike bar. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, all right. All right, so if I say a question that gets him upset, I get an extra 50 bucks. He's like, yep. I said, man, automatic. This is going to be fun. So I'm waiting to build up the courage. My boy's like, you don't answer it, you're going to owe me 50 bucks. I'm like, that's not part of the game. But this dude was kind of like a gangster, so, you know, he kind of ruled the, the, the bet and... I'm not no punk. I don't back down. I don't back down for nobody. You know what I'm saying? Is he here? I was scared, but I was going to do it. <laughs> I was going to do it. So I built up the courage, and I remembered. Chuck Woolery used to host the Will of Fortune before Pat Sajak. There was like a, a daytime and a nighttime version. And Chuck Woolery hosted the daytime version. And I remembered how he looked. So I was like, okay. I raised my hand. My boy just looks at me. So like, yo, over here, Mr. Woolery. Hey, yeah, youngster in the front with the big afro. <laughs> hey, what's your question? <laughs> Good morning this morning. I said, hey, Mr. Boogery, Chuck, hey, didn't you used to be real damn fat when you used to host the Wheel of Fortune in the daytime? Uh, what did you say, young man? You heard me. You was fat as hell, right? Then nobody like you hosting that version. Pat Sajak's the man. You suck. <laughs> The look on that man's face. Now he's an Air Force veteran, so I was double not scared. Go Navy. But he was pissed. He was so mad. And my homeboy didn't realize how crazy I was, right? So not only I got booed, I got booed by everybody that was there. The teacher got mad at me that was chaperoning. <laughs> and Chuck was like, Well, that's quite inappropriate. Security, get this man right now. Get him out of here. There's no there's no need for all that meanness. I said, well, you was fat, right? Answer the question. Answer the question, Chuck. Answer the question, Chuck. He was... <laughs> Security was so mad that they came and they made me leave. And that was the second taping. So at least I got to see the first taping. And yes, I got a camera appearance. I was in the front row. Big fat dude with afro. <laughs> but from episodes two to six which is about three hours of taping, I had to sit on the bus and wait till all the episodes were done. And, <laughs> and then I could, then we could leave. So the teacher said, like, I can't believe you. This is such stupid behavior. It's so childish. And, and you're not like that, Jake. And I'm going to tell your mom when we get home. I was like, well, that's, that's going to be worth it because I'm about to come up on 100 bucks. That's a video. I got my Walkman. I got my backpack on the bus. It's all good. Life is good. I'm going to just chill and write some lyrics uh, to some instrumentals I produced. <laughs> yeah, I had it all figured out, right? So I did get my money. I got my 100 bucks. He paid me before security came and got me. Got my money. So I was like, man, I know we're going to stop at McDonald's for those that used to take that route 
from you know L.A. to San Bernardino, we used to stop at that double two-story McDonald's that's in Pomona. I think it's Pomona. Um, on the way home, or it was like um, Sydney Terrace. It's like some part of East L.A. I can't remember. So I knew I was going to come up on some food. I was going to go hungry, and I only had like $3 on me. <laughs> but I had it all figured out. So Chuck Wilgery's a fat ass. He hates me. The audience boos me. Teacher's mad at me. Mom's probably going to whoop my ass when I get home. But, hey, I got my Walkman with all my cassettes. I got everything going on. However, my smart ass gets to the Walkman. I had left Rewind pressed down the entire time we were inside the building. And no backup batteries. <laughs> okay, I can't write to the beats on my Walkman. Well, I have two pins. I'm just going to write some lyrics to the beats I kind of remember off the top of my head. Yeah, how does both pins not work? At all. <laughs> no book on me. No backup batteries. No cars, no boat, not a single luxury. <laughs> Gilgan's Island for those that remember that. <laughs> I had nothing. So I sat on the bus for four hours. I counted all the seats. I counted all the lights. I counted all the the windows, <laughs> and I had no Walkman to listen to, no pens that worked, couldn't remember rhymes, you know, unless I wrote them back then. Now I could, like, do a whole 16 in my head and I have to write it down. But I was like, damn. But I came up on $100, and I was so happy. So we get home, I call my mom from the payphone, like, ma, got to come get me. The chaperone takes the phone out of my hand. Mrs. Warner. Uh, excuse me, I'm Miss Bradley now. Miss Bradley, um, we need you to, uh, as soon as you get here, we have to have a discussion about your son, Jake Warner. Okay, sure. Hand the phone back to my son, please. Boy, what'd you do? I'm like, Ma, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. I promise it's worth it. Boy, ain't nothing worth it if I get, Ma, it's worth it. So mom gets there, not even like four minutes, and we live eight minutes away, so I already know ass-whipping Supreme's about to happen. For real. So I'm like, okay. Mrs. Warner. Miss Bradley. Miss Bradley, we apologize. Um, your son proceeded to uh, make fun of Mr. Chuck Woolery during a question and uh, answer segment um, and completely embarrassed the school, completely embarrassed us as a group, and uh, he was promptly removed from the studio audience. What the hell did he say? What the hell did you say, boy? Like, ma, um... I just called him overweight. He was obese. And um, when he used to host the World Fortune Daytime, and I, I really didn't like it. And I just let him know. Like, I asked him if he used to be, and he never answered my question. Man, my mom. <laughs> my mom popped me with a pow right there. And <laughs> it hurt. Now, my mom's a hairdresser. Shout out to Pam Bradley. I love you, ma. She, <laughs> she hurts. Because her hands are so strong from using scissors all the time and cutting hair that when she hits you, it's like, she has like weight on her hand. It like, it hurts. So I'm like, Ma, you don't understand. Like, you don't understand. It's like, oh, we're going to talk when we get home. So <laughs> we pull into the driveway. Get your ass in the house, boy, right now. Like, Ma, listen to why I did it. Listen, it's a good reason. So, Ma. I called Chuck Wiggery fat 
Why was he fat and the Wheel of Fortune daytime sucked? But I was so messed up. I didn't raise my boy to be like that. I said, Mom, do you know I would do that for a reason? Better be a good one. Pulled out a crispy $100 bill. I said, yo, Ma, we got groceries. And she looks at the $100 bill, looks at me, looks at the $100 bill, looks at me, looks at the $100 bill, looks at me, looks one more time at the $100 bill, looks at me, looks at me again, says, come here, boy. I'm going to tell you something. Okay. Ah, what the, ow, what the hell's wrong with you, boy? If you're going to do something stupid, get 200 next time. <laughs> Yank my $100. <laughs> Slap me across the face. Punch me in my arm in the parking lot in front of the chaperone. Didn't get to see Love Connection. Didn't have batteries to my Walkman. Ran out of ink on my pins. And embarrassed myself and my school. Moral of the story is, kids, if you're going to do something embarrassing, make sure you get well compensated and tell your mom you only got $50 instead of $100 or $100 instead of $200. That way, you get to keep the money if you have to go through all the trouble. I wasn't that smart even though I was a straight-A student. <sighs> yeah, well, the only problem I had with the whole thing is I embarrassed my mom, but she didn't really care because she still took my money. That was my money, Mom. And I'm going to get my money. Well, she paid for game one of the World Series against the Houston Astros. So I can't, you know, we're paid in full, I guess. And I still owe her for all great things she's done for me. Love you, Mom. Now, I have to say something. It's officially official. Fabulista Cookies is the official cookie of the Big Brother Jake podcast. They are freshly baked to order every day. They got thick and chewy cookies, brownies, crispy rice cereal treats, and their products. They're freshly measured, mixed, baked, and packaged so you can be sure that the goodies you receive have not been sitting pre-made for days because then it's not really fresh, right? Like, think about it. A freshness and unfabricated homemade quality awaits you. Let nostalgia be your friend, your transporter, your memory rouser. Fabulista Cookies, the official cookie of the Big Brother Jake podcast. So... Jesse, I love you. Thank you so much. So glad you were able to uh, hook up the crew with some goodies. Uh, personally, made a drive out to see her. I ain't seen her in a long time. That's my girl for life. She knows that. That's my sis. Anything you ever need, I got you. You know that. All right? Now, I talked a hell of a lot today. I even downed a nice Pacifico in between uh, sessions here, so I'm very relaxed. <laughs> But I have to say, I love doing this podcast each and every day. I have a great time doing it. I love it. And we ain't stopping no time soon. So wait to see what the Big Brother Jake podcast has in store. Independent Music Spotlight. We got a lot of submissions that are good next week. And I'm hoping to get some of these artists on the air with us. Trying to make it happen. See what's good with it. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to the Big Brother Jake podcast. Shout out to Fabulista Cookies. Shout out to... All the people that listen in all 22 countries and growing, Woodley Consulting, big sponsor of the Big Brother Jake Podcast, so many more. You want to hear your name? Hit me up, the Big Brother Jake Podcast at gmail.com. We'll talk a little business. So, until next week, as I down this fabulista cookie, this brownie, this brown eyed girl that's mm, 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 so good. Am I oversawing the Jesse? I probably am, huh? It's good though, I'm eating it right now. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast.